Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Professional People Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Diederich, and on this episode, we have on Charlie Crowley, Director of Hockey Operations at North Star Christian Academy, one of the top hockey schools in the country up in Alexandria, Minnesota. It's a great episode, and I hope you enjoy. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Professional People Podcast. I'm honored today to have a very good friend of mine, a fellow Aquinas College alum, Mr. Charles Crowley. I refer to him as Charlie. Charlie, thanks for coming on, man. Welcome to the show. Dan, thank you for having me. It has been a life goal of mine, a bucket list, whatever you want to call it, to be on the Professional People podcast, and I'm glad to make this dream a reality today. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie made his way onto the, onto the episode today through pure persistence and in never giving up. He hounded me until I let him come on. So, Charlie, why don't you introduce yourself to the, to the fans and to the listeners here and tell us a little bit about what you do and what you've done since Aquinas. Yeah, so I uh, I am two years ahead of Dan in school. I graduated in 2017 from Aquinas College. I'm originally from Indiana. Um, my current position is uh, Director of Hockey Operations for North Star Christian Academy in Alexandria, Minnesota, basically right off of I-94 between the Twin Cities and Fargo, North Dakota, so pretty far up there. I think it was like negative 25 last week. Um a lot of what my job is doing is kind of running all the back end stuff for the program for our 18U team and our 16U team. Our 18U team is uh, in their third year of existence. We're in our third year as a program, and our 16U team is in its inaugural season. Uh, despite COVID this year, we've been able to still get in about 50, about 45, 50 games for each team and another 10 or so to end the season. So uh, we're really happy about that. Um, I just have a thousand things that I do with my job. I don't even know where to start with it. Um, game operations, helping out with travel, uh, statistics, equipment manager, just kind of anything that the team needs me to do. Basically the best way to describe it is my job is to make my players lives and my coaches lives easier. That's awesome, man. And you guys have had a lot of success in your young existence and you were just telling me, seventh in the country for the 18 UT just won the NAPHL playoffs in OT in Texas. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh man, this is, uh, we're just, we're just going to get right into the story right now because I don't think people will, people aren't going to believe it because it's something right out of a movie. Um, so our playoffs for the league are usually held in the Detroit area around this same time, President's Day weekend. And back in December, they decided to move to Texas just for uh, COVID protocols, that sort of thing. Um, we were down in Texas and most of us were looking forward to warmer weather and it was warmer than where we are. It was about 10 degrees though. So it wasn't like, you know, <laughs> 60 or whatever. Um, so 18s fly through, uh, we get to the finals on president's day and it's a Monday. Uh, the 16 new team made it to the finals as well. They ended up losing. Um, the 16 new game was supposed to start at 10 AM. The 18 new game was supposed to start at 12 PM. There were rolling blackouts uh, in Frisco, so both games got pushed back about two or three hours. Uh, the power went out in both games at least three times, which means you're getting off the ice and going to the dressing room for half an hour. Uh, the 18s ended up pulling it off in overtime, which was huge. Uh, it's our first time we won our league championship. And so we end up leaving town at, at like 7.30 at night. We don't find an open restaurant until we get to Oklahoma. and 
we all fall asleep. We're just driving all the way through. And we wake up about 5.30 in the morning in this little town in rural Kansas. And our bus essentially broke down because our diesel fuel gelled up on us. And I ended up spending the next two days in Kansas and waiting for the bus to get fixed and coming back with our driver. And it was, uh, it was a memorable trip in more ways than just our guys coming home with a trophy. There's, uh, I, I, I still don't believe it happened and I actually lived it. It was that wild, I guess is the best way I could put it. Speaking of wild, I saw uh, quite the video of you leading some sort of celebration tactic in a locker room after bringing home that trophy. Uh, the best way I can put it is I have all the tenacity of a strength coach for a division one football team without any of the knowledge of strength or conditioning. <laughs> I basically, my job is to just go in there and lose my voice. It sounds a little raspy right now and just get the boys fired up before the game. And then obviously we did it after the game as well, but just, uh, just got to get the boys going basically, you know, got to, got to motivate them to play. That's awesome. Well, thanks for thanks for sharing about what you, you do and a little bit about North Star. Tell us a little bit about that. I saw a $9 million facility. Tell us a little bit about the facility that you're working in. Yeah, so uh, North Star Christian Academy is backed by a uh, fellowship of Christian athletes. Um, you know, our director started uh, FCA's hockey branch in, I believe it was 2008, and, you know, held all these camps in all 50 states. And he had this vision for, you know, a place where guys could grow as hockey players, but also as young men. And it basically came in fruition through a lot of prayer, through a lot of location searching. I mean, it was almost in Utah, it was almost in Buffalo, wherever we ended up in this small town of about 14,000 people here in Alexandria. Um, our facility is top notch. We give our guys the best possible um, experience, atmosphere, whatever you want to call it. You know, we have a locker room that rivals a lot of pro and junior teams. We have a full weight room. Our guys have priority on the ice and can jump on basically any time when their school is done uh, between 7 a.m. and 5 p.m. The field house that our guys can work out on as well. We have a brick and mortar school, even though they, they do their classes online. Um, but it's just, uh, you know, it's I would put it up there as one of, if not the best places in the country to send your kid for hockey. Just from a facility standpoint, from an atmosphere standpoint, coaching, I think that, you know, what we do is we try to, one of our philosophies is before you can become the best hockey player you can be, you have to become the best man you can be. And I think that it really shows in our men, you know, we have 48 players from all across the country uh, from age 15 to age 19. And it's just, it's amazing to see how mature these guys are, you know, how they act in public, you know, they're polite, you know, they, they listen to orders, you know, they don't mess around. It's uh it's just a really awesome group of guys. So is North Star Christian Academy, is it solely a hockey kind of school or how, how does that model work? Yeah. So we are solely a hockey Academy. So our school is just our 48 players. Um, they do all their classes online uh, through online high school, which helps out with our travel schedule. Uh, it allows us to be a little bit more flexible than someone going through uh, traditional schooling. Um, but yeah, our guys do all their classes online. Uh, they do about four to five hours of academics a day, about four to five days a week. And I mean, right now we're just a hockey academy, but you know, who knows what could happen down the line. We're only in our third year of existence right now. So there's still uh, a lot of room for growth and to see what else, uh, what else can happen. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I, I kind of love the model that you guys are doing. You got hockey and school and faith all, all tied into one place. Uh, and that's super cool. And kids from coming together from all across the country. How did, how did you land yourself at North Star Christian Academy? Can you kind of walk us through that process? Yeah. So after, uh, after I graduated, I played hockey at Aquinas for three years, ended up not playing my senior year and it's kind of did some soul searching. You know, I didn't really skate that much or anything. And when I graduated from college about five, six months later, I ended up getting a job at the university of Notre Dame at a Compton family ice arena there. I worked in the programming and instruction office, helping, you know, book ice and help with tournaments and on ice and adult league, youth league, all of it. And I was just searching for another opportunity um, when, you know, my time there was up. It was just a post-grad internship. So it's not like I could stay there for, you know, the long term. And I was going through a job board one day and saw this posting for this place, North Star. And I remember watching a play back in January. And you know, I was really impressed with how, how they ran themselves and how they played the game. And between me applying for it, like a week later, the day after I applied for it, the head coach called me. I talked to them for like an hour. Then a week after that, I flew up here just to visit the facility and kind of get a feel. And then like another five days after that, I basically packed up my car and came up here to Minnesota. So it was a it was a quick turnaround for sure. A lot quicker than a lot of other, you know, employment processes. Um, I mean, it, I honestly think the timetable is literally like two weeks, maybe maybe two and a half weeks. Um, but, you know, I've been I've been here for two years now. Uh, I went home last summer with COVID and just with my contract being up and I came back this year, my new contract. And, you know, it's, uh, it's just been an awesome opportunity to kind of learn the back end of the game. I did a lot more scouting and recruiting last year, but this year I'm in more of just an administrative role and equipment manager and just helping out on that end. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, I'm a huge Irish fan, so I got to ask you, what were some of the coolest things about working at Notre Dame? What was some of the biggest things you you learned from working at Compton Ice Arena that's helped you in your next position? I'd say there's about three. There's three memories for sure that I remember the most. Um, I got to work the 2019 NHL Winter Classic at Notre Dame Stadium between the Chicago Blackhawks and the Boston Bruins. Um that was an unbelievable experience seeing Notre Dame Stadium transformed and having 80,000 hockey fans in there. Uh, and then a few days later, I got to uh, work the outdoor game between Notre Dame and the University of Michigan, which still wasn't as big of a crowd, but seeing, you know, 30,000 people or whatever the number was watching Notre Dame hockey was awesome to see. And just seeing the guys, you know, play the game in its purest form outdoors. Um I'd say the other big memory was we hosted uh, USA Hockey Nationals for the 14U Tier 2 level. So we had teams from all over the country. And it was the first time that South Bend had ever hosted Nationals before. And we got rave reviews. And it was just, it was an awesome experience, you know, for, for Compton and for the hockey community, like in the city of South Bend. But it was just awesome for the city as a whole, just to see all these teams from all over. The city got, you know, transformed a little bit with all this USA Hockey stuff. And, you know, we helped drive a ton of revenue for the community as well. I think it was, I think it was somewhere north of $5 million for like a four or five day weekend, just with, you know, the impact that we had. So those are some of the, uh, the big memories I have from working there. I'd say from, just from a learning standpoint, you know, I, after I graduated, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Um, I have a political science degree and a journalism minor. 
I've really put the poli side degree to good use, as you can see, working in athletics the last four years. Um, I have used the journalism bit. Um, I'd say I've just learned a lot about kind of being a professional, you know, just a lot of the simple things, just kind of learning all the back ends of how things operate, you know, with, you know, as you know, you as an athlete, for example, Dan, you know, you played basketball and lacrosse in college, like as an athlete, you just like, you show up to the rink and you put or to the field or the court and you just like play the game and then you leave. Like you don't really think about it, but there's so much on the back end that goes into making a production like that happen where, you know, it's getting refs ready, you know, scheduling the ice, figuring out the schedule to make sure it works, you know, you know, being here at North Star, I've seen the same kind of things, you know, helping run our home game operations, just, you know, making sure we have our refs are here and we have contact with the other team coming in or helping out with meals, just that sort of thing. Just kind of learning, like, you know, as an athlete, you get so blinded sometimes by just playing the game that you don't realize that there's a hundred moving parts just to make the game happen itself that you don't think about. Cause you know, as an athlete, like I said, you just, you show up, you get dressed, you play the game, you get undressed, you leave. But there's a ton of other small things that help make the production possible. For sure. And that's a really good point. And to just put some respect on all the people who work in athletic departments and in the athletic world, put some respect on their name. And I thought it was super interesting. And, you know, I know your background coming from a poli sci major to working in athletics right out of college. I was wondering if you had any insight on people who, you know, are ex-athletes and would love to work in the in the athletics kind of industry. Any advice that you have to them on on how you can go about that, even though you didn't necessarily major in, in sports management or something like that? Yeah, I think, you know, my background in athletics obviously helps. One of the biggest things, uh, my uncle has worked in uh, in athletics. He's worked as in NASCAR public relations for like 20 years. And the one thing he told me that he would tell people when he would speak at classes and stuff is basically, if you think that working in sports is a nine to five, Monday to Friday job with weekends off and holidays off, then you need to find a different pro uh, profession. And it's so true. I mean, like I, you know, you, you're working weekends, you're working some holidays, you're working weird hours all over the place. Like I, I remember when I worked at Notre Dame, I lived in central time and Notre Dame is in Eastern time. And it was an hour drive for me. And when I would have morning shifts um, that I would take on Saturdays, sometimes I would be waking up at three 30 in the morning to get there by five. Um, so you, you'll work a lot of weird hours which is one thing that you just kind of have to accept and roll with it. Uh, another thing is, especially when you're just starting out is you kind of want to be a yes man. Like you want to kind of dip your hand into everything, you know, help out, just learn, make contacts with people, keep in touch with those contacts, that sort of thing. But I'd say the biggest is you got to be used to working unorthodox hours and working for long periods of time, whether, and that could be just being at your desk or being on your feet and just have to be able to roll with the punches of, you know, kind of dipping your hand in everything. Like you're, we all, we all have this goal and this dream to be, you know, the top dog, but you obviously got to grind your way out through the bottom to get there. And there's going to be jobs you don't want to do, or, you know, parts of your job you don't want to do. And you just got to kind of have to keep working through it because it's going to help you out, you know, moving forward. For sure. And 
you know, I, I coach, I volunteer coach at, or not volunteer coach, you get a little bit of pay, but I coach the cross JV at Catholic Central, my old high school. And, you know, one of my favorite parts is even though that you do have to, you know, sacrifice a lot of time and, and do a lot of funky things and, and wake up on weekends or whatever, but there's, it's priceless to give back and teach those kids something that, you know, you wish you would have known when you were an athlete. And I just wanted to hear your perspective on, on how rewarding that's been to actually have a career job where you get to make an impact on young athletes' life every day. Yeah, I, I think the biggest one is the one that you and I and every athlete will say after you're done is like, hey, like, don't take this time for granted. You know, enjoy, enjoy your time playing this game. Enjoy your time being in the locker room with the boys, you know, it, enjoy the road trips, enjoy the struggle, enjoy the success, whatever it may be. You know, it was, it was so awesome with seeing perspective on it last week, you know, seeing, you know, our, our 16s loss and it sucked. And, you know, just seeing that low point, which, you know, some guys will hopefully run with to inspire them to win it next year or for bigger goals down the line. And then seeing our 18s win it last week and just seeing how happy they were with all of their, you know, work culminating in a victory. Um, I'd say that's that's the biggest thing. And and more so is seeing it is when they come in on day one to when they leave on day whatever. And that could be they're here for a year, they're here for three years, you know, at the college level, you're here for four years sometimes. You know, just seeing how much they grow up and mature, especially in an area where I work, just because they're all away from home for the most part. You know, we have we have kids from all over the country. We have kids as far east as, you know, Long Island and as far west as Alaska. So these are kids who at a young age are trying to make that sacrifice to, you know, to leave their family and chase that dream. And it really matures you quickly, I think, when you kind of have to fend for yourself a bit. Now they have billet families they live with, but, you know, you're still kind of out on your own, you know, trying to figure things out. And mom and dad aren't always right there to help you. Um, so it's it's awesome to see how much they mature and how much they grow up over the course of the year. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that on a different level as I'm not with them all year and all day, every day like you are. But, you know, you still grow a connection with those kids and, and just seeing them mature and being able to teach them life lessons along the way is priceless, in my opinion. And, and I really like your guys' model with, you know, really building in faith and academics and just being a, a man uh, before you're an athlete. I, I really like what you guys are doing over there. And, and I'm just wondering if, you know, on the spiritual side of things and academic side of things, how you guys bake that in to try to teach life lessons on the ice every day? Uh, how, how do you guys kind of go about that? Is it, is it all the time? Is it, is it sometimes you're focused on spiritual? Like what does it look like on a day-to-day -day basis? We try to incorporate it into basically everything we do. Um, I'd say one of the coolest things that we do is we start each day with a devotional. We have a chapel actually in our ice rink, which I don't think you'll find anywhere else in the country, let alone the world. Um, so we'll start each day with a devotional. You know, we pray before and after practice. I think one of the most powerful th things that we see is we pray with other teams after games on the ice, you know, even after, after a tough loss or after a big win, you know, we invite the other team to come pray with us and we go around the center circle and one of our captains leads us in prayer. Um, you know, I think that's, uh, that's something that you don't, you don't always find in not only hockey, but in any sport, you know, it can be discouraged or looked down upon, 
And, you know, we're, we're trying to change lives, not only within our own program, but within, you know, other hockey programs around the country as well. And we have, you know, a lot of people have noticed and really love what we're doing. I'd also say one of the biggest things that we try to base our guys is uh, what we call the 10 traits of a godly man. Um, our director came up with them when his son was growing up. And it's just kind of a basis that we use, almost like a Ten Commandments kind of, of, you know, what what a godly man is. You know, a few of the ones that stick out are, you know, a godly man has the hard conversations where, you know, if you have a problem with with something going on with someone or whatever, you know, you have that conversation with them. It's, it's not easy, but it's something you have to do. Um, you know, a godly man takes responsibility for his actions. You know, and that could be on the ice. That could be off the ice. It's a uh, it's a really awesome basis that our guys are able to kind of look at each day and see, you know, all right, how am I stacking up? Like, what am I, what am I doing to bring myself closer to being a godly man? You know, where can I improve? Where are my strengths at? Where are my weaknesses at? Um, you know, we do discipleship with our guys. I think once, twice a week over at the school, just helping, you know, learn how to give testimonies about their lives, you know, going through the Bible. You know, we just worked through a book called search for significance where, you know, we're trying to learn, you know, more about ourselves and, you know, what, what we're trying to accomplish within our own lives, just from a personal standpoint. Um, so it's, it's something that we, we really incorporate. I'd say three pillars are pillars are, um, you know, academic success, success, athletic achievement, and spiritual development. And, you know, we really stand by it. And it's something that, uh, that's very unique to our program. And it is something that, you know, it, it helps our players grow, not only, you know, on the ice, but off it as well. That's awesome. And I would just to go back to an earlier conversation, I know you touched on that uh, your journalism uh, education has came into play in this profession. Uh, how how has that came to help? And can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, I think a lot of it is it, it's I write a lot of press releases. I do a monthly newsletter. Um, I run our social media accounts, which is nice. I get to you know, pump the boys tires on Instagram, which they absolutely love. I, I think the kids call it clout. They love the clout <laughs> on the, on Instagram. Um, you know, I, I did a lot of the same things in my job at Notre Dame, just every, every kind of role that I've been in, I think this is, this is my third job since I graduated, like every role that I've been in, I've been able to kind of use that writing. And it's either because I have strength in it or, you know, they've never, the, the office has never had that someone do that before it just comes naturally to me and it kind of uh it just kind of helps keep my mind fresh with it and you know I, i've thought about you know maybe it's something i could go into full time down the road or in the short term but you know it's something that uh that i really enjoy just kind of being able to you know write about our guys and you know write about what they're doing and just help you know help give more exposure to our program yeah i i actually i'm very involved in our social media i run all of our social media at tda and and obviously in, with the podcast do a lot of stuff with that um what kind of thing you know i think it's it's awesome you guys obviously with a with hockey and and athletics there's always a story to tell but what kind of things that have you seen in your writing and your posts that really draws people's attention and maybe not so much from an from an athletic standpoint but from a holistic view that that other professionals listening to this can kind of take away? What are some things that you see working, whether it be in blog posts or social media that helps capture people's attention and build that brand? Yeah, I think, uh, 
I think one of the biggest things is being consistent with it and maybe not so much consistent, but constant. Like I remember when I took over the North star Instagram account in September of 20, 2019, I think we had under 500 followers and I just started posting more on it, whether it be about our guys, you know, signing with North American league teams, just birthdays, just post about the weekend. And, you know, now I think we're at, I think we're at over 2,200. And I'd say the biggest thing is just being constant with it. You know, always trying to post. And obviously there's certain times of the day you want to post to get more exposure or to get more traffic. But, and the other thing I think is just keep it simple. Like you don't want to be too elaborate and, you know, have some giant paragraph that people are just going to, you know, glance through or just completely scroll through. Um, So just being simple with it, you know, being consistent, being constant, just, just trying to put your name out there any way you can really, you know, if I, if I put a post on Instagram, like I want to take that same post and put it on Twitter because obviously we have people who follow us on both, but then we'll have people who only follow us on one. So I think those are, those are some of the things I've found that have kind of helped, you know, it's always, it's always nice when you run these accounts to see like, Oh, so-and-so followed you, so-and-so followed you. And, you know, especially on, you know, big days where it's like, wow, we've had, you know, 25 people follow us today off of this one post. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing. It also helps too with working with a bunch of teenagers that um, they love getting, you know, their own tires pumped, you know, pumping them up, but they also love pumping up their teammates tires. So like if I, like yesterday we had a birthday for a kid and I put it on our Instagram and I'm going through on the Instagram stories and like, you know, half the team has reposted it and, you know, half the team reposted it. And it's going to all their followers. So it just kind of branches out. And I think that's helped, ex, you know, with our exposure a lot is this, our, our guys are so tech savvy at their age that, you know, they're just, if, oh, North Star posted something, bam, I'm going to repost it. And then all their friends are seeing that. And, you know, some are going to see it right away and be like, whoa, this is awesome. And some, it may take a few, like, why do I, why does so-and-so keep posting about North Star? And then they, they're looking at it, it's like, whoa, this is awesome. Like, this is what they're doing here. And, you know, we have a lot of players who want to play for us or just people who are interested in us in the hockey world that have followed as well as, you know, parents and businesses and all that. So I think uh, it was a, bit, a little bit long-winded, but that's kind of what has, you know, helped out. No, yeah, kind of, kind of just like some three bullet points off of your, your thoughts there that kind of stick out to me are that, like you said, be consistent. Uh, and then get the team to buy in. So if you're doing posts for a business or for a team to get your team to buy in, engage, engage them by posting about them and, and the other teammates will gas them up. I think that directly correlates into a business. And then one other thing I wanted to add that I just know from, from knowing you so long is, is, you know, you're a witty guy and you own that on your social media accounts. You're so authentic to yourself that when I'm reading your comments, I can actually visualize you saying those exact words. So I think that, that, that I think it's funny one, and, but that's just your, your authentic humor. And I think, but that's another point that I don't think, you know, but that you do that really drives home and, and keeps your content engaging is just being super authentic to yourself and, and letting people feel your personality, even though it's through a post. Exactly. I think, you know, I, I love Twitter. Like, I think it's just a fantastic disaster of a website is the best way I can put it. <laughs> and 
the, the biggest thing that people don't get with the internet is like, it's not that serious. Like have some fun with it, you know, enjoy yourself and, you know, obviously enjoy it within boundaries. You know, you don't want to post anything too crazy. You know, you want to be simple. You want to be witty. And like I said, just keep it short. You don't need to go too crazy most of the time. Like, you know, obviously sometimes you got to be long winded, but I think that, uh, you know, it helps to take the personality that I have as a person and then put it onto the internet. And, you know, like you said, you can actually picture me, you know, saying these things. That means that I'm doing, I'm doing it right. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. One other thing I wanted to ask you, I think we've talked about a lot of, a lot of the great things that you're doing over at North Star. What has been one of the bigger challenges that you've had besides having to work, you know, those funky hours and getting stuck on a bus in Kansas? <laughs> um, last year, for sure. Uh, a lot of my job was scouting and recruiting, and I have no experience scouting or recruiting. So I had to basically learn from the ground floor and you know it's not like something where there's a manual on it or a handbook or like you go to a training seminar like you got to kind of learn on the fly um you know you're trying you're calling parents and players trying to get them to come to your camps you know so you guys can so they can get exposure and you know come out and learn more about the program um you know and, and that's part of it too is you know you're on the phone late at night because you're hitting people on the west coast or you're on the phone during the day for an hour because you know a parent has a ton of questions where and the other thing too is being able to follow up like you know if, if it's someone that you're serious about bringing in like they're not going to talk to them once in september and then you know circle back with them in february like it's something you circle back like you know one or two weeks so i'd say that was the biggest thing uh scouting as well uh more so just trying to find like diamonds in the rough like obviously if it got to a point in this season last year where it's like, all right, these are the guys we're going to watch. And then it's simple because it's like, all right, I can watch them and evaluate them. But, you know, early in the year when you're trying to to find guys, you know, you're basically watching a bunch of games and trying to find, you know, that one player is like, wow, this kid is a man and is, you know, way above everyone else. Um, so that that was kind of the hardest thing for me was just trying to figure out how to do that and, you know, be effective with it. I mean – I think it's the old joke, you know, if you if you go two for 10 as, you know, a batter in baseball, you know, you're going to have a pretty short career. But if you go two of 10 in scouting, you know, that's Hall of Famer material, basically. So mm -hmm. I'd say that was probably the biggest challenge for me last year and dealing with like, you know, negative 25 degree temperatures. But yeah, just stuck on buses in Kansas. <laughs> in COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude, well, that, honestly, COVID, COVID was one of the biggest things for us because mm -hmm. you're trying to run camps in March and April, you know, to learn about these players and have them come out and see your facility, and you can't do that. So you're just kind of shooting from the hip, yeah. you know, watching grainy film on players or, you know, trying to talk to them. And it's like, well, I don't know when ice is going to be available, but hopefully you can see the facility. We actually – one of our goaltenders this year who is one of our starting goaltenders – like committed to us for this year without ever seeing the facility. They just kind of prayed on it. It was like, this is where we need to be, which is incredible to say the least, but it's like, wow, like, you know, that's what COVID did. And, you know, the NCAA is still on a dead period in some sports. And it's just, it's, it's a crazy time to try uh, to scout and recruit. I mean, I, I've read 
you know, with the NHL and with other leagues too, like this is, this will be one of the hardest years for drafts because you don't, you know, maybe only half of your, the guys on your scouting board have played a game, you know, and even if they've all played, you know, maybe you don't have a scout in that area of Europe and you're not able to see them play, or they've only played a 25 game season. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's been a challenge, but luckily things have returned to normal in most states. So a lot of teams have been able to still play their games. So yeah. it's, uh, it's been a bit of a circus, I guess is the best way I can put it. Yeah, I think it's been a bit of a circus for everybody and, and no matter what the industry. Some of the correlations, though, that I was kind of thinking about just draws back to my personal experience in business that I was thinking about when you were talking about recruiting and scouting. It's kind of like one prospecting if you're in sales, you know, trying to find the right people to go after that are going to be interested in coming. You know, it's not it's not as easy and it's definitely not as easy with COVID and not being, you know, normal with being able to go out and things. And also I thought about hiring, too, for businesses, um, you know, people who are trying to get hired and businesses are trying to hire. Uh, it's just a super, super weird job market out there right now. And it, and, you know, it could be it could be getting a bunch of overqualified people for for lower jobs or the other way around and getting a bunch of underqualified people for for a higher job. You know, it's just like you said, a circus all across the board. And it's just, you know, something you learn from sports, or at least I have, is you just weather the sport, weather the storm and keep keep on keeping on. Exactly. And then not only that, but then. You know, you have places that are that are still on hiring freezes 11 months later. And it's like basically, you know, like the last the last year for some companies has basically just been like in the doldrums. Like nothing is nothing can really go forward and nothing can really go backwards. Just kind of there. Yeah, dude, I think uh, this has been an awesome conversation. You know, is there anything else that we're missing about? Uh, you know, North Star Christian Academy or just some professional advice from Charlie Crowley before we get to our last closing segments here? Um, I think I think I touched on everything about North Star. You know, it's it's in it's been an incredible place to work, not only uh, just dealing with these players every every day, but for my own individual development, not only just in the workplace, but as a man, you know, just it's it, it's been to it's been you know, tough sometimes, but it's been, you know, I guess it's like a year and a half total. I don't really know the time frame, but you know, it's, it's been some of the best time of my life here, you know, helping help with these young men and just working with, with our awesome staff who have just a vast wealth of knowledge on the game of hockey at every level. So I think that's, you know, it's, it's been so much fun to be here. Um, professionally, just, if you're going to be a man at night, you got to be a man in the morning. So I think that's all I can think of that. I think I touch on all my other professional stuff. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Charlie. Are you gonna are you gonna stick with that professional tip as your one piece of advice for professional people? Or are you gonna get something different cooking here? <sighs> something different cooking. Jeez, really put me on the on the spot. Thirty eight minutes into this thing. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I'd say the biggest thing is just be authentic and be yourself. You know, don't don't get into the workplace and be a robot, you know, show off that you have a wit, show off your creativity, you know, find, uh, find ways to advance. The biggest thing with athletics is, you know, we're all, we're trying to get to the top rung of the ladder, but then once we reach that top rung, we're trying to find that next one and that next one, you know, we're always trying to 
to be innovative, to be creative, and to, you know, keep the pedal to the floor and just keep moving forward. So I think that's, you know, that's the biggest thing I can say. That, that's great advice. And I really appreciate you coming on today and sharing your story, Charlie. Uh, if anyone wants to learn more about North Star Christian Academy, where can, where can they find that? Uh, to learn more about us, you can look us up on our uh, social pages. Uh, Twitter is at NCA underscore prep team. And Instagram is northstar.nights. And website is just nscacademy.org. And that kind of has all the information about our program. And, you know, I think there's if there's any uh, young hockey players out there that are looking for a place to play, you know, U16, U18 level, I don't know if that's your age demographic for this podcast, but, <laughs> you know, maybe there's, Doesn't hurt yeah, to ask, man. there's a few moms and dads listening. You know, that, <laughs> that's the place to learn to learn more about our program and, you know, see what we have to offer. Well, thanks. Thanks, Charlie. Appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks for having me. Saints by 90. Thanks for listening. And remember, keep it professional, people.